listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. We're going to start with, and this is going to be, I think, a vital segment or two. What is the aftermath of Dak Prescott signing? What can we take away and know that this information matters? It matters if you're a better. It matters if you're a fan. We're going to go down and kind of identify what we know for sure. And quite frankly, some of the stuff others are missing that we think is important. Yeah, and the deal between Dak Prescott and the Cowboys got done on Monday. It is a four-year, $160 million contract, $126 million guaranteed. And so earlier today, the press conference following the contract took place between Jerry Jones and their quarterback, who will be sticking around for quite some time. And remember, and this is something we talk about in our meetings often, the only thing that matters when people say it is if you could imagine them realistically saying something different. If, they, if you know what they would say regardless, because they couldn't dare say something different, then what they say doesn't matter. So if Jerry Jones says, hey, we always knew Dak was our guy, imagine, well, what else could he say? Could he say, you know, I had my real doubts about Dak. There's certain things about his character I question. <laughs> There's certain things just generally about his background. I don't even know some of it. We've had PIs on it for years. We can't figure it out. But you know what? We didn't have much of a choice, so we signed him. I mean, that isn't what's going to be said. So it doesn't matter. And I'm not sure of anything, and maybe we start there. Fez, Jonas, whoever wants to jump in, was there anything said in that press conference that you could have imagined him saying, either of them, saying something that was materially different. And if not, it doesn't seem like it matters. Anything? No. No, there's nothing. So we'll skip over that. But I, but I do think it's interesting to talk about the idea of how much Dak was overpaid. Because I think in the heat of the moment, a lot of stuff, numbers were flying. There was talk about... Um, okay, the most guaranteed ever versus the most uh, signing bonus ever versus, you know, one of those might have been number two. And what we broke down, we said, if you look over the next three years, who's going to get paid the most in the entire NFL, 2021, 22, 23, the next three seasons. And what we concluded was Dak was getting paid about $33 million more than the number two player over the next three years, and that was Patrick Mahomes. Now, that is a stunning number, but I thought about it. You know, maybe we're not doing a fair analysis because my thought was, hey, a lot of people get the money front-loaded in a deal, and thus, if you're looking at year three, four, and five are the next three years for a deal, then are we maybe not comparing apples to apples? So pregame.com research... We dug in and said, of all the highest paid players in the NFL, the first three years of their deal, how much did they get paid? So number one on that list, first three years, Dak Prescott, $126 million paid over the first three years. Number two, Patrick Mahomes, $108 million paid out. I mean, I'm just going to do some quick math here. That's $18 million less dollars Mahomes got than Prescott. Number three, Wilson, 107. Then Watson. Then Rodgers. 
And that's the only people above 100 million. So let's think about this. First three years of current contracts. So, for example, the Watson contract started in 2022, actually. So we're actually looking at year one and moving ahead there. Um, Mahomes, 2022. So even Mahomes, if you think about it, there was multiple years and even this upcoming year that they're still not on the big money yet. So with Dak, he's getting the big money, well, last year because he got franchised. This year immediately, that's another example of how not team-friendly it is for Dallas. But then we're saying, hey, we're going to assume Mahomes is getting that money now so we get the big numbers in this, and still Mahomes is getting less. So Mahomes is getting the money later, further into the future, later, and he's getting less. Dak's getting it sooner, and he's getting more. How much more? $126 million in the first three years for Dak, 108 for Mahomes, 107 for Wilson, 104 for Watson, 104 for Rodgers. That's it. We talk about Cousins, how much money Cousins make. Cousins is at 96. This is the best contract in the history of the NFL, and it's not even close. Dak Prescott has gotten the best contract. I don't think we're hearing that because you hear stuff about, well, Mahomes is a half a billion. It is so team-friendly. This is cash up front, cash now. And with and, and as Jonas was talking about yesterday, after three years, it's going to really be incentivized for Dallas to renegotiate it. I don't think that's being reported, and I think that's aftermath number one, best contract of all time, Dak Prescott. If you believe Dak's the most important, best player in NFL history, and that's being a little disingenuous. Obviously, the economics change from 20 years ago. So let's say if you believe Dak is the most impactful player today, then it's justified he's getting the most. If you're amongst the same people that don't think that, he's getting overpaid. I don't begrudge him, but remember, this is a salary cap league. There's a finite amount of money that each team can pay out. Now, they can put it on the credit card and kick the can down the road, but they're still going to be restricted Soon enough. And thus, for every dollar Dak gets, it's a dollar less another Cowboy can get. The theory is if everyone gets paid fairly, it's good. But if one person gets overpaid, then someone else must get underpaid. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute, RJ. Dallas has been overpaying people for five years. That's part of the problem. That's why they needed to make this deal with Dak so they could say $15 million on the salary cap for this year, kick the can down the road. But that's why I believe this deal hurts Dallas's chance to win a Super Bowl in the next five years because this is going to be their best year, and it ain't that good. They're the 13th favorite. So number two takeaway here, this contract hurts Dallas's ability to win a Super Bowl in the next five years. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines. 
accurate stats to help you win big at the sportsbook, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But if you look at your quarterback list, Faz, we're straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell, Steve Fezzik in studio. If you look at your quarterback list, at least the first four or five, you can't even debate that Dak is better. So let's go quickly through your list. Yeah, so number one, Mahomes, then Rodgers, Wilson, Watson. These are the four other highest paid guys. And those four, anyone that thinks Dak's better than any of those four is literally not worth talking to. Who's next? Josh Allen. Okay, I think you could, at that point, you could say Josh Allen did it one year Dak's done it multiple. Josh Allen's one year is much better, but you could debate that. Yes. Who, who's the next Jackson, guy? Tannehill. Okay. So I think that at best, the best you can debate is Dak being the fifth best quarterback. Yes. And, he, and, and this is not just a matter of the money that every time someone comes up that it gets reset at the highest level. Like, you know, because you could see that rationale. If it's the first tier of payments – and or first tier players, you could say whoever's up next will get the the record. Then whoever's up next year gets the record. Mm-hmm. Except if you look at this list, Mahomes' contract doesn't start till 2022. Either does Watson. So literally, Dax is starting sooner, and thus in that whole sequential idea, it should be Dax less. But somehow he's getting paid more. Not to mention the fact. If you look at the salary cap expectations before the pandemic, and then you look at what the salary cap ends up being, it's about $28 million less what the teams have to spend per year. But Dak is making about $7 million more than we expected him to. So it was another example of, and we'll make this the third aftermath, it went about as poorly as it could for Dak. When he made a decision not to sign before last year, if you could have said, there's going to be a pandemic, <laughs> right? And and you make the decision that there is, or not the decision, but just the happenstance that he would have a catastrophic injury. That's like the nightmare scenario. The whole league gets reversed and goes down when it's always gone up financially. And Dak has the worst injury of his career and still, he's done better than we could have fathomed. This was a sign of how right Todd France, France was, his agent, to say, no, the way everyone else has been signing early is wrong. We're going to wait and show you what true leverage is. That's what's happened. Yeah, and I also was thinking when you were making the list, RJ, about Josh Allen being number five, I don't think there's a general manager in the NFL that would take Dak Prescott over Josh Allen. I agree. I agree. Uh, but I think you could see someone make yeah, I, I'm a couple to make of the arguments. Benefit of, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I would actually see that argument, right? Which is the idea of it is one year. Yes. And, and I'm not an X's nose guy. I can't watch his hand movement and understand if this is repeatable or not. You know, I, I just don't have that skill. But boy, from what I hear, I hear people debating, would you take Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? I hear that as a real debate, so that means I'm not taking Dak, if that's a real debate. So I agree with you, Jonas. In a way, it feels like this contract was so good that if he had not been injured, if he had had a great season, how much bigger would it be? I don't think it could be bigger. Yeah. Right. So it, it shows you, and this is kind of the 
Well, not kind of. This will be our fourth aftermath, which is the following. Jerry Jones feeling his mortality. I think it's fair to speculate, and it is speculation. Maybe he thinks he's going to live forever. He couldn't stomach the pain that would be letting that go. Imagine, because really... The more you look at the deal, the more you realize if they would have signed Dak to the franchise tag, this team would have had to cut so many other players. They would have lost so much other talent. They wouldn't have been particularly competitive. The move here probably would have been let Dak go or sign him and try to trade him, right? You know, franchise him and trade him, which I think they could have got something for him. And they would have had the right to do that. And then understand the rebuild starts now and hope in three years you're going to be back. But what Jerry Jones has done is say, I can't stomach that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pay for the overpayments I've made in the recent past. I, I'm not ready to pay for them yet. So I'm gonna put it on the credit card one more time. And that's why this year is so important to be the year Dallas could do something. Because the next year that gets even more expensive when it, at least when it comes to the cap hit. Then what are they going to do? I don't know what uh, if they can kick the can down the road again, but I tell you, I mean, Fez, if I this was a question I asked off air. I said if we were talking about not the upcoming year, but after let's say the next 3 years after that, so 22, 23, 24. If you could have the Dallas Cowboys to win a Super Bowl and if you got if you want if they won, you won 100,000 bucks. Or a random team picked from a bag of the teams. So literally a random pick of teams. Would you rather have Dallas or a random team? Random. Let's play Plinko. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is you believe that Dallas, after this season, has a below average chance to win a Super Bowl. Yes. And, and that's because of the contract reality of Dak and the other signings. Exactly right. So this is their best chance this year, and they're 30-1. to 1. Yeah, this is uh, this was avoiding pain, but I think the pain. In fact, I know the pain would have been better to take now because in three years you could have been back. I don't see in the next five years how Dallas can be truly a competitive team. Last thought, Jonas, is if you had Dallas, could take Dallas or a random team, who would you take? I'll take a random team. Well, that's an indictment, isn't it? I mean, that is the <laughs> ultimate indictment, I think. But I, I can't disagree with it. I cannot disagree with it at all. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So let's look at, and the numbers are going to blow you away. These are the four teams. Now, we call the modern era of the NFL from 2011 on. The reason? The collective bargaining agreement changed a ton in 2011. That was right before the lockout, or the lockout was right before that season. And it changed practice schedules. It changed a bunch of things. And in that, and we know passing has become so much more prevalent during that era, too. These are the four teams that's won the highest percentage of games. The New England Patriots, the Seattle Seahawks, the Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those are the top four. Now... There are no sacred cow herds on this show. We love Colin, but I would say those are the four teams that Colin's been the most critical of in the last couple of weeks. New England, because, oh, the time has passed them by. Belichick can't draft. 
You know, I don't know. Because they let Brady go. Seattle, because they aren't smart enough to let Russ cook. And Green Bay, because, oh, they don't have enough money to even keep the running back. And Pittsburgh, oh, look at them kind of folding to pressure, signing Big Ben again. It's like, okay, these are the four teams that have won the most games in the last 10 years. But, you know, maybe they're not any good. (laughs) I mean, but what is in common? What do these four teams have in common? The Patriots never sold out the future for now. And all this talk about they didn't get Brady enough weapons. Well, when you're drafted number 30, 31, it's hard to get the best players. But what would they do? they trade back for two picks maybe. One in the second round, one in the third. Everyone hated that because they didn't know those third-round players. But somehow that allowed the Patriots to keep winning. Seattle, what have they done? Well, you made the good point, Fez. When it came time to pay the Legion and Bo- Legion of Boom a second contract or a third, what happened? Yep, can't do it. They, no, no, no. Uh, thanks for your service. We'll yes. see you at the reunion. <laughs> okay. What has Green Bay done? We know what they've done. They haven't gone for the big name free agent. You hear all the time. If only they had strayed from their approach. Okay, maybe they would have been not the third most winning team. Now again, they haven't won as many Super Bowls. And then finally, Pittsburgh, literally under Tomlin, the worst season they've ever had is 8-8. Eight and eight. They don't tend to sell out the future. How often do they trade their number one pick away? So to me, if we look at Tampa Bay, I don't blame them for doing what they're doing. They, they're an institution, a program that has trouble attracting free agents. They haven't won much historically. So if you have Tom Brady, you have a chance to win – Double down, because I'm not sure you're going to win anyway once he's gone. But let's understand what the trade-off is by doing that, and that the teams that don't make that trade-off are the teams that win the most. Jonas, we haven't, we didn't prep that segment. Does that resonate with you? What do you think? Yeah, I think sometimes we see one team have success, and we just assume, why doesn't everybody else do that? I mean, you could go back to one play from each game or go back to one play from a bunch of the Super Bowls Tom Brady won and had the play gone the other way or there been an inch here or an inch there. The, the way we look back on Tom Brady is completely different. So I just don't know that it's always applicable to every single team in the NFL. And, and I also think it's draft choices and playoff um, uh, possibilities are very similar. You're not. There's so much randomness in each of them. You want as many, You'd rather have two draft choices in the third round than maybe one in the second because it's a crapshoot either way. Mm. And thus, the idea of having if you make the playoffs. That's what Billy Bean said. Now they never won it, but if you can make the playoffs a bunch, you have a chance to eventually win one. Right? These other teams go for it once. They think they got the perfect team. They lose and it's over. Maybe they got two years. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 